Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast. I'm Eliana Palomino, a proud Greek American, former Miss Teen America, corporate sales leader turned entrepreneur, mother, and wife. And I believe that we are made for more. But without the right tools, mindset, or support system to help us grow, that potential never gets unleashed. And that, my friends, is a life unlived. This show is all about expanding your mindset, unlocking your potential, and learning from the best on how to elevate your life, business, and relationships. Set your intentions, and like we say in Greek, Bame, let's go. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Eliana. I am honored. I love what you're doing here, and I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with you. Me too. So outside of this podcast, we're great friends, and we've become even closer since our recent move, and all the things that have been aligning us in life. You were in my wedding. We came. You came to Greece with me. We were in Mexico together for my bachelorette. I mean, we've just become so much closer in life the last couple of years in this season that we're both in. And it became so fitting once I launched the show that we would do an episode together surrounding today's subject of business and passive income. So I am so excited. I mean, we talk about these things all the time. And today we get to share that. Yeah, so excited to share. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know um, you, I would love for you to give you a little, you know, brief story on yourself. You know, what is, what is it that you're doing? And then we can take it from there. Sure. So I was born and raised down here in South Florida. I did what the typical good kid does. You graduate high school, you go to college, you get a four-year degree, then you go and get a real job, you work your way up the corporate ladder, and you start checking off those boxes that like society, teachers, professors, parents kind of give you, right? Um, you get that good job, you, you know, try and get promotions, work your way up, you get married, you buy the house, you buy the boat. And then once I got to the top of checking all those boxes off, I felt so empty inside. I was like, I've done everything that I said I was going to do. You know, I'm making this great money. I actually used to um, staff travel healthcare professionals and hospitals all over the country. Um, I was their number one recruiter. We were a huge publicly traded company. I was a team leader. I had a team of nine to 12 under me and something was missing. And I didn't know what it was, but I had this little voice inside of me that was like, this is not your forever. Are you going to stay here and make the good money and feel like your soul is being sucked out of you, you know, being a slave and working and you're building to make somebody else rich? Or are you going to listen to that calling and listen to that little voice and get out there and do something? And that really weighed on my heart. And I kind of had this internal struggle within myself for about two years, going back and forth saying, what can I do? Lord, lead me. I don't know what it is that I'm being called to do. I just know that working in a cubicle behind a desk for a corporate um, corporate company is not it. So I remember um, my grandfather, actually, this was my pivotal moment that kind of kicked me into um, fast gear with kind of getting out there and doing my own thing. My grandfather was dying of terminal cancer. And he was a huge admiration in my life. Um, he was a self-made millionaire. He always gave back. 
he built churches in Brazil. And um, when he was with hospice at his home, I went there to see him and this was the last time I saw him. And he looked at me in my eyes and said, I know that you're successful. I know that you're making great money and I know that you're good at what you do and you're good at your job. I know that you're comfortable. But before I go, please ask you a question. Will you please be honest with me? And he said, this is nothing to judge you. I just wanna know when I don't wanna leave this earth without asking you this. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is he gonna ask me? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I had no idea. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, my heart's racing a little bit. I'm like, what is he gonna ask me? And he said, he held my hand and looked me in my eyes and he said, are you using your God-given gifts and talents every day in what you're doing? And that literally hit me like a ton of bricks because he had no idea that I was having this internal dialogue and struggle with myself, that I was made for more. He had no idea the conversations I was having with God and the Lord in my quiet time asking for God to guide me and give me a sign and tell me what to do and what direction to go in. He had no idea about any of that. But here he is asking me that question that I have been mustering over probably every day in my head, thinking about for years. And so when he said that, it really got me thinking. I felt like God was speaking through him to me. And I... Um, remember saying, I am not using my God-given talents and gifts working in this corporate job. I know there's so much more to give to the world, to others. And that next week he passed away. And when he passed away, I made a promise to myself that I was going to use my God-given talents and gifts to the best of my ability. And I was not going to just settle. So as scary as it was, I decided to go all in with my network marketing company. I was using their products. It was a health and wellness company. Um, and I went all in until I replaced my corporate income and I was able to walk away. So wow. because of that one decision that I made, because of him telling me that it has now led me in to so many different opportunities. Um, I've been introduced to so many different people within the entrepreneurial space. Now I like to call myself kind of like a serial passive income strategist because it's not just like one business or one thing that I'm involved in it's multiple but if I never listen to him that one day I wouldn't be where I am today yeah 100% we always have that one person in our life and I love that it was your grandfather because grandfathers have such a special place in our hearts I know I'm very close to mine I have both of mine still and I have so many of their attributes and it just gives me that fire and that passion. It's, we love our dads, but grandfathers are even more of that sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so, you know, what was, I guess now because you, your, your journey has continued to unfold with now multiple streams of income and revenue, you know, what did that path look like, especially through the lockdown? I know so many people, you know, their businesses were closed or if they were working for a company, they were now working from home. So a lot of change took place that can waver people's decision in going through with their entrepreneurial journey to then go back into corporate or go back to a job to have stability through all this change that we've, you know, experienced the last couple of years. So what was some of those things that came up for you during all the change that's taken place and how did you pivot through that time? That's a great question. So I was very thankful that 
within my business um, with the lockdown, we really didn't have to skip a beat because all of our meetings were on Zoom. Um, it was a relationship type business where you're, you know, working from the phone and building relationships and you do all your work on your computer. So I wasn't shut down in that aspect. But because so many people did lose their jobs, because so many people were scared financially, no one knew what was going to happen next. Um, a lot of people stopped ordering products that were customers of mine. So my income did go down significantly because of that. It also went down significantly because a lot of people who were building the business and were on my team were now home with their children full time doing school and they could no longer build a business in the pockets of their day when their children were at school. I had um, some business builders who were nurses in the hospitals and they got called into double time, triple time, and they were, you know, their whole life was being at the hospital to help. They could mm -hmm. no longer do the business. So things kind of pivoted and changed because of the way of the world. Not so much of the setup of my business because it was virtual, but because of the economy. Right. So my income did go down significantly during that time. And I told myself, yes, I could have went and got another corporate job and, um, you know, work from home remote, but then I would be going right back to that spot where I'm helping build somebody else's dream and not my own. And when you're working under somebody else within like the corporate aspect, um, you're not living your life on your terms. You're living your life on their terms. They tell you when you can take your lunch break, how many breaks you get per day, how much time off you get per day. You have to ask for that time off to be approved. You can't just wake up one day and say, heck, I need a personal day. I'm feeling kind of low. I would love to just, you know, go and work out and go to the beach and kind of like read a personal development book and love on myself today. You can't do that in corporate. You have to mm -hmm. plan ahead, especially when you're high up. So I started getting involved in other businesses. So I um, invested in a Amazon store, um, which was an investment. I said, I have this money here. I need to do something with it. So that was one thing that I did. Um, I also turned my home into an Airbnb because it was just me living in a three bedroom, two bathroom house. I don't have any children. I don't have any pets anymore. Um, I went through a divorce. So it was just me in that house. And I said, why do I need this big house with this pool when I could turn this into, put some money into it and turn it into a rental and turn this into a passive investment. So I did that. I also got involved with some other like crypto investment companies. And I just wanted to ask questions and get involved as, with as many things as I could um, that brought in money that I feel like aligned with me. I never wanted to get involved with a business. One rule of thumb that I have learned about myself is I like to be involved with things that could potentially help others and give back to others. So I love affiliate marketing, getting involved with businesses that if, you, that if it works for you and you share it with somebody, you get rewarded. Um, I also got involved with the ERC opportunity, which is the employee retention credit. And that has been such a blessing in my life because not only have I been able to help other businesses within my communities, I also have a huge affiliate team under me that also helps other businesses. So because of the pandemic, it opened up my wheelhouse to all of these different investments and businesses and affiliate um, opportunities. Wow. I love that you have taken the bull by the horns basically and said, no, I'm not going back. That is an option, but that's not what I want. 
then I will become unhappy. I'll be unfulfilled. So what can I do? And you know, what businesses can I get involved in that are going to be producing? And I like how you, you know, leverage um, the team approach as well. And that really allowing you the flexibilities to do something once and then be able to create a residual out of that and that passive income. Um, what are some of the myths around passive income? Because I feel like some people will think about the term and not equate it to what it actually is or what it actually takes to make a, you know, it successful. Yes, so that's a great question as well. So when people hear passive income, they automatically think hands-free, I don't have to do anything. And that's not the case. With passive incomes, a lot of times you have to build it up or do the business the first year, the first two years, sometimes the first five years. And then after you build it up, do the things that you need to do, then you can walk away and collect on that residual income. But I think there's a huge myth around passive income. And people think that they could completely build an income without having to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge like yeah. even with my Airbnb, yes, I own that house, but I lived in that house for multiple years. I did have to put money into it. I did have to rearrange the furniture, buy new furniture. I did have to do all of these things and put all of these things in place to get it up and running. I still have to do things nowadays. Yes, it's more on like a automation where I have these auto responses to clients and everything, but I still have to respond to people. I still have to schedule lawn maintenance and my cleaning lady. There's things I still have to do in place. Now, I think the myth that's missing is when you compare it to a nine to five, yes, it's passive because you're not having to physically go in and trade time for money. Right. To me, passive income is living your life on design and not having to be in a specific location, in an office, um, at a desk in order to make money. You can make that money from being anywhere in the world. Mm. So and that, you have been all over the world recently too. I've done a lot of traveling <laughs> this year. We're staying put for a little bit so I can kind of get in the trenches and get some of these new businesses up and running. But we have a successful year of traveling. It's been great. Oh, yeah. So, so with any of my businesses. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, what have been, I'll say, um, some of your biggest, you know, challenges in entrepreneurship, you know, you talked about trading time for money. That's a huge win. Um, but of course there's challenges without having, you know, the accountability of a boss checking in on you or your, you know, team saying, okay, you know, Monday morning calls, these are the reporting calls or, you know, your KPIs, how do you create that for yourself and, you know, stay on the up um, and hold yourself accountable? It's a great question too. You're hitting me with all of these good questions. So this <laughs> has actually been a struggle for me transitioning from the corporate world where you're being micromanaged 24 seven. You're being told when you have to show up for meetings, how many calls you have to make a day, how quick you have to respond to emails, the reportings and the metrics you have to report to whoever you report to like you have somebody basically telling you day in and day out what you have to do and the goals you have to meet as an entrepreneur it's all up to you and that was a huge pivotal transitional point for me because i was nine years in corporate so coming out and having all this time freedom 
I had to really kind of take a look in the mirror when I was not hitting my goals and say, okay, how can I transition this? Like, what am I doing wrong? Let's reflect on the last year, the last quarter, the last month, you didn't hit your goals. And why is that? And what I noticed by looking at myself and kind of calling myself out, right? Sometimes we have to look in the mirror and kind of kick our own selves in the butt and call ourselves Mm -hmm. out. What I noticed is I was um, not holding myself to the accountability as I did within my corporate job. So to kind of emphasize on that, I wouldn't have to make 60 outbound calls a day. I did not leave the office per day for the day unless my inbox was completely cleared out. I had to have so many working people on the books. I was working, you know, 70 to 80 hours a week. I would skip lunch sometimes. I would stay late without even questioning it. I would log on to my computer on Saturdays and work. But when it came to working my own business and having all that time freedom, I wasn't putting in the same amount of work as I was for somebody else. So I'm like, why was I willing to work 70, 80 hours a week, do all of these reach outs and these calls to build a publicly traded company's dreams and all the investors make everybody else happy. But when it comes to my own business and myself, I'm not willing to put the same work in. And mm. it was because I didn't have somebody holding me accountable. So then that's when I got into time blocking and I got into evaluating my day at the end of every day or my week at the end of every week. This is my time mm-hmm. block. And what I do is I highlight with colors, greens for money, Pink is for, you know, loving on yourself, going to the gym, spending time with your husband or your boyfriend and family, spending time with the Lord. Yellow is just like the day-to-day stuff that you have to do for the household, laundry, cleaning, what have you. And I highlight every category within my life on my time block. And then I could go back at the end of the day or the end of the week and say, okay, how did this week end? How did this day end? Am I happy? Did I reach my goals that I said I was going to reach? And if not, Where do I need to put more color of a highlighter somewhere? Like what was off? Mm. Tremendously is kind of evaluating myself every week, every day, and not waiting until the end of the year, the end of the quarter, and making those changes and those pivots within my day or my week. Mm. Oh, yes. When you have freedom on your hands, Someone will call you and want to talk on the phone. And sometimes it could be your mom or your sister. And you have to hit not today because you are in your hour of whatever you said you were going to do to work. Or you may have a girlfriend who knows that you work for yourself and calls you to go to the beach that day or calls you to go to lunch. And sometimes you have to say no. Actually, a lot of times you have to say no if you want to hit the goals that you're looking to reach. Yeah. Yeah, I've been experiencing that myself um, recently coming out of corporate and already taking, you know, that accountability and that ownership over, I would love to do this with you, but these are my hours to hang out either early morning or in the evenings or on the weekends because there are set working hours that you have to put in place for yourself. And I love how you incorporated time blocking. That was something I learned and practiced in college when I was on my own, nobody telling me what to do, who to do it with, or when. And it's up to me if I'm going to be walking across that stage in four years, earning every credit of that degree. Um, and it back into what I do on a daily basis that reflects upon my week, my semester, 
that school year, etc. And I incorporated time blocking with the highlights and I could see my week at a glance. Where am I spending more time or do I need to put less of this in instead? It was fantastic. Um, I actually just purchased a magnetic weekly planner I'm going to put on my refrigerator so I can see, you know, what I'm going to have for dinner this week. I don't have to even think about it. I always say the less I have to think about, the less tabs I have open in my brain, the more I can be focused and present on what I have to do that's in front of me. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I think it's so good to like love meal prepping. I've been into like meal prepping lately for my lunches because again, one less thing to think about in the middle of the day, what am I going to eat for lunch? Or I have to go out in the kitchen and make something. Or if you set your workout times and your workout schedule for the week in the beginning of the week, you're not thinking, when am I going to get time in to like kind of move my body? Yep. 100%. So you touched on briefly, you know, friends calling you and having to say no and, and girlfriends, you know, wanting to hang out. How has your community shifted um, since going into business for yourself? Oh my goodness. I think this has been a huge, huge lesson for me as well, because I've always, since I've been a little girl, wanted everybody to like me, people pleaser. I want to keep the peace. And when you're an entrepreneur, that's very, very hard to do because you do have to kind of get a little selfish with your goals and the things that you set for yourself. Um, so a lot of people don't like when you're saying, when you're used, when they're used to you saying yes all the time and being a yes girl and a people pleaser, and then you change into having to say no because you're mm. trying to protect your energy, you're trying to focus, it doesn't go over very well. Um, and then being a recovered people pleaser, it comes off like, oh my gosh, I said no, I hurt their feelings. And then you're in your head and it's like a whole vicious cycle. So it just comes with like practice and doing it more. I'm not saying you have to cut those friends and those family members off, but a rule for thumb is I always ask myself, is this bringing me um, happiness, contentment, pushing me to be better, helping me like financially. And if the answer is no to all of those things, not bringing me peace, not, we're not talking about, you know, a new business opportunity, finances, not bringing me happiness. And the answer should be no, because it's not aligned with your goals that you're reaching mm -hmm. towards. Even though there, we all get the same 24 hours in the day, um, not everybody spends or 24 hours the same. And I think that's the huge difference between people who are successful and people who live a mediocre lifestyle is how they spend their time and who they spend their time with. So the more that I've grown, I have noticed my circle has gotten smaller. And that used to hurt my feelings a lot in the beginning of my journey you know, because I still live in the same town that I went to elementary school, middle school, high school, I even went to college here. So I know a lot of people within my community, I never like kind of moved away for school or anything. And when you're used to knowing everybody, when you go to a restaurant or you're living in the same town that you grew up in and you notice your circle getting smaller, it could become sad because you want to be friends with everybody. You want, you know, the same feeling that you had your whole life growing up here. But you have to realize that not everybody was put on this earth to evolve. Um, some people stay stuck and st stay in the same place their entire life. And maybe that's okay with them. And I'm not here to judge. And some people are 100% happy and content 
with staying the same way that they were in their 20s or in college or in high school, but that's not okay for me. And I want to evolve and I want to grow. And every year I want to look back on my businesses and my relationships and the person that I am and say, wow, I've changed so much and I've evolved and changed so much for the better. And look what God's done in my life. And look how much I grew through that lesson. Look how much I grew through that pain. And sometimes that comes by cutting certain people out and making a smaller circle. And it does. So, yeah. And it, it's probably one of the toughest lessons. I And I still struggle to this day, you know, that I've had to go through um, because I do you know, love everybody and want to get along with everybody and hang out with everybody, but not everybody's on the same path as you and not everybody wants the same things as you. Yeah. I think that's what instantly connected us when we met was recognizing that we have that same ambitious drive and passion and zest and seal for life. And we want to inspire and influence and impact others that are also like-minded or maybe just need that sense of sisterhood in their life to get that, you know, little push, you know? Um, and you're right. There's others that don't want that push or resent that push because they'd rather stay comfortable or they're just not willing to believe in themselves as much as others believe in them. And I've had to recover from this. It's not my job to save people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The more that you grow, you want to bring the people that you love along with you in the ride. Yes. Yeah. And the biggest lesson for me was recognizing the only person I can save is myself. The only person I'm in control of is myself. The only way I'm going to inspire others is through my own journey of growth and the way that I show up. Now, I would love for someone to take the advice or believe in themselves and start to show up in that way. But maybe that's my own projection of how I would love to see them yeah. right through the lens that God's gave me. But at the end of the day, they have to see that for themselves in their own authentic light. And we can't be draining ourselves in order to save others. That's not our responsibility. There has to be that equal desire. So that's been something I've been working through and helped me relinquish that sense of, um, you know, responsibility, you know, and really just putting that focus back on self, which internally begins to compound and actually multiply, um, in reverse. So you don't think about it from that perspective, but it actually does begin to multiply in your life in the best way. Yeah. And I think it boils down to Andrea, who was on your podcast. Yeah. Yes. If you want to save people in your family, in your circle, in your community, the best way to do it is to work on yourself. Mm. And naturally, the vibration and the energy that you're putting off is the best way to help other people. It's not to force them, to push them, to send them a thousand podcasts and Bible verses and this and that because then they could resent you and say, like, you're on this growth journey. Like, don't push me to be where you are. But the more you work on yourself, you put off this vibration to the earth. And it naturally helps inspire others around you. It's so true. I actually put that into practice when I first met Pedro, my husband, because <laughs> I actually bought him a journal. It was for men, like a five minute journal, because most men don't know where to begin journaling. So I figured it gives you prompts and things like that. 
and I gave him a journal. I would send him podcasts. I would say, let's pray together. Let's do all these things. Like he never done any of that before. And I had this expectation of what my relationship would be like. We're going to be in personal development together and like all this stuff. And he was like, whoa, listen, I like you. I'm getting to know you more. Like this stuff is cool, but you can't expect me to just like dive into it because I don't, I don't have that history like you do with this stuff. So and he told me straight up the best way if you want to influence me is just you do you. And that, I mean, he was just straight up about it. And when he said that to me, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. So, I'll, all right, well, I'll, you know, and I would see the book sitting there and I want to say something about it. And then instead I would just take out my journal and then he would watch me journaling or watch me read a book or watch me, you know, be the one to spearhead you know, certain things in that develop in that area. And it started to foster this um, sense of, um, I don't know, want to say excitement in him or like inspiration in him, but it just started to open up that world for him of, hmm, maybe I should dive into this. And it actually has spilled into, because um, I would say I'm the one that had more of the vision and the entrepreneurial spirit coming from an entire family of entrepreneurs in their own respective fields and industries and his family, he didn't have that upbringing, right? He had, he valued stability in a job, like I'm sure many do. And when he met me, all of a sudden he met someone who has this open mind of impact and influence. And it inspired him to start thinking of ways that he could use his gifts, his community and leverage that right for, for our family. And so it's just amazing when you show up in your fullness right? As Andrea said in the first episode, when you're from that place and you're full, you can't be nothing but full. It's going to naturally have an impact in the world. And so I've noticed that coming from this place, I've started to inspire conversations with other friends that we never used to have before related to this particular subject of business and entrepreneurship. And, or it may be motherhood, right? That's a whole nother subject that I've, you know, started to have in my life given that I became a mom a year ago. But when you start to dial in on that, your relationships in your life become much more intentional. And like you said earlier, before we started recording, it starts to cut the fat. I think the piggyback off of what you just said, because that was amazing. Um, when you show up in your fullness, so that kind of boils down to also being your true authentic self not trying to be like somebody else because it's very hard to muscle through life business whatever relationships when you're constantly comparing yourself to others and trying to be like somebody else who may be where you want to be or may be successful that's not you showing up in your true authentic spirit and light you're trying to be like somebody else so the second that you cut out the comparison and trying to be like others that's when you start to see God flood your life with so many blessings because you're truly showing up as your divine self that God created you to be and put you on the earth to be. I love that. I think so many people are afraid to be themselves mm -hmm. because they're afraid of the response of being seen. Yeah. And so they would rather show up alike then show up as themselves. And there's so much authenticity and, and integrity 
and alignment within yourself. I mean, everything will start to fade away instantaneously when you show up in that aligned place and turn that fear into faith and know that there's no one else like you. You have so many beautiful and creative gifts to offer to show up as you, right? And people are going to love you for your flaws and for your everything. You know, nobody's perfect either. We all have flaws. We all have things that we have to work on. And I think social media more than ever, you know, it just shows everybody's highlight reels of their life. And so people get scared because they think everybody else that they're looking at is perfect. But when you realize that nobody's perfect, all of us have issues that we're working through. We all have flaws and it's easier to kind of wrap your head around. It is. So tying back to passive income and entrepreneurship, let's say, you know, because a lot of our listeners here, they're in the same boat where they're ambitious. They want to live their life by design. They believe that they were created for a purpose. Where would you say is the best place to start for someone who has that fire in their belly? They have pockets of time in their day. They may have some money to invest that they've put aside in their savings. Where would you say as a packet passive income strategist is the best place for them to start or start looking? So I think it's kind of like a, there's not one size fits all to answer. Um, everybody's different. But I think that the first place to start is really getting to know yourself. So whatever that looks like for you, whether that's personal development, listening to podcasts every day, getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that make you uncomfortable, um, going to a workshop, journaling more, really getting to know yourself, to know what you like, what you don't like, what are you passionate about, what aren't you passionate about, what's non-negotiables for your life, what is most important in your life? Because some people, let's say one, one person or one woman may say, my family is my number one, where another woman, same age, same background, may not have a family, or they may be the only child, not have any children, not have a husband. So that's going to look completely different. So I think mm -hmm. really getting to hone in on who you are and getting to know yourself, what you like and what you don't like, and kind of going from there is the first step. Once you go from there, I always think it's important if you have that fire in your belly and you feel like you were meant to work for yourself and you feel like you have that entrepreneurial spirit, don't just jump into one thing and bet every dollar in your bank account on it. Keep your safety net. I'm huge on side gigs. So you want to keep your safety net, your corporate job, whatever's bringing in the money to pay your bills, and then do something on the side in the pockets of your day. That way, if you find out down the road you don't like it, or it's not aligning with you and your values and what you want out of your life, now, no foul, no gain. You can walk away and say, at least I tried it. Um, I gave it my all, but this was mm -hmm. not for me. And then yeah. maybe dive into something else. Um, so I'm big on side gigs. And then let's say you fall in love with the side gig or you're able to replace your full-time income, then you can walk away responsibly knowing that you your bills are going to be paid. You're not betting all of your savings and every dollar in your bank account on something. Um, and you built it up and you replaced your full-time income. Yeah, 
And I think that's so important, those tips that you shared, because going into the season of, of the holiday season, you know, and then into the new year, New Year's resolutions, right? Um, it's been talks about going into another lockdown. It's so important that we're keeping our options open and thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. Although we have this income that's bringing something in, that's putting food on the table, that's keeping our expenses paid for, what is something you can do that can build and over time be able to be another stable source of income for you and your family or just, you know, yourself? Um, and so those tips that you shared are super important. And I think anyone should be, you know, can rewind and hear them again if they need to. Those tips, I think um, when I say a side gig, I think another great place to start is affiliate marketing, network marketing, because you could build off of leverage of a team with that. And it's kind of like the Robert Kiyosaki um, book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Amazing book, Changed My Life. I think everybody should read it. They talk about the lone wolf. If a lone wolf is working 40 hours a week, he can only work 40 hours a week. He may be able to push it to 50 or 60, but he's only able to work what he's capable of getting in, right? But if you have 10 people, working half the time, 20 hours a week, you're bringing in productivity of so many more hours and you're working as a team and working together. So I'm a mm -hmm. huge advocate for leveraging affiliate marketing, network marketing, and building a team and building organizations. Yeah. And that also allows you to have a community, right? And you're incorporating so much that gives back to you in many other ways outside of building, you know, a compounding business, but you know, those that, like you said, put in the work for a couple of years are then able to reap the rewards and take that step back and truly be that passive income that though that you think about when you hear the word passive. Um, what would you say are realistic expectations within the first month? You know, there's attractive numbers that get thrown out, right? To start a business, you know, hit this in your first year or, you know, achieve this in 12 months. But what would be a realistic expectation in a potential ROI for someone from their first year of starting a side hustle? So I would say it's all up to what you put in. So again, this is like one size fits all. I've seen girls make multiple thousands of dollars within their first year but they were giving it their all and they had no distractions and they were working maybe till 11 o'clock at night and they were working on weekends while they were working you know their regular job and so they were able to bring in three four five thousand in their first month where there may be another girl who wants it just as bad and has the same why that's driving them but they have three littles at home and their husband travels for work and they're working a full-time job. They physically don't have that capacity to pour in the time and effort that that other woman had where she doesn't have kids at home and she doesn't have a husband that's gone working. Um, and she may be able to bring in $500 within her first month, which is still amazing because she's wearing so many other hats, but their lives look different. And so that's yeah. why it's all trickling back to comparison and comparing yourself to others and showing up authentically as you we're all in our own lane and we all wear different hats and have different, our lights are set up differently. Our whys to why we're doing a side hustle or why we're doing a business is different. So that's why it's so important to try not to compare yourself to others 
and to stay in our own lane because we all have our own paths. Yeah, I love that. I have girls who want it all and they come in their first month and they don't make anything because life happens and their car broke down and they no longer had a car and they've been stressing over that and their boyfriend broke up with them and they are just depressed and upset and guess what that's part of life and life is going to throw curveballs at us they have a baby in the hospital whatever the case may be i've had girls come in and life happens and they don't like anything in their first month so it just depends on what's going on how many hats you're wearing and how your life is set up at that time being mm -hmm. What would you say are some of your goals going into Q4 for the remainder of 2023? Big goals. So um, I would say I am really striving to um, build a team um, within my um, shopping business that I just started, um, my shopping club. I want at least 10 girls by the end of the year. Um, who want to impact lives and want to do that business or whatever that looks like for them. Some may have bigger goals than others. Um, my goal is to help at least 15 more businesses within my community or within the country get a hold of this employee retention credit. I want this money to go into the right hands, right? So I'm reaching out to like non-for-profits and churches because if they have this money, they could do so much good in our country and give back. So I am like very passionate about that going into the right hands and the right businesses. Um, and then I also have goals to remodel and put some more extra money into my Airbnb because I've done so great with that, that I don't want to just hoard all the money that I've been making. I want to reinvest it back in there and like replaster my pool and redo the tile and get, you know, new furniture and put some money back into that. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Well, for, more tips and inspiration and ways to work with Brooke. You guys need to find her on Instagram and you can book a discovery call with her, share some love on her posts, like her stories, connect with her, be intentional about the remainder of your year. You guys, there's so much opportunity out there. There's women like us who can't wait to meet you to be your accountability partner. And so with that, Brooke, thank you so much. I am so inspired by this conversation. Just so you guys know, we have these conversations all the time offline. <laughs> we just like pivot off each other. And the next thing you know, we're on the phone for an hour and we've gone down this whole rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, we have. But that's what, that's, that's the best kinds of friendships. So <laughs> we met on the plane for the first time, our whole flight home moment everyone around us was probably like are these girls gonna shut up legit we met sitting next to each other on a connecting flight back home and that's it that's the start of our friendship <laughs> thank you so very much for having me you guys i'm so proud of this woman um she's going to inspire so many on her podcast so please like and share show her some love as well Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. I'm so grateful for you, for all that you're doing. And again, for those that want to work with Brooke or follow her on Instagram and just shed some love on her, please find her on Instagram at Brooke Olivia. And you know where to find us at Elevate Your Life podcast on Instagram and all the platforms out there. Be sure to share this episode with another girlfriend that is your business bestie. Okay. That is exactly what we're here for. Love you guys and see you next time. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Elevate Your Life podcast. I hope it gave you exactly what you were looking for. This show brings me so much joy and I'm so happy to have this space for these amazing conversations and guests. To support the show, please rate and review and share it with your loved ones. If you want to be reminded of new episodes, click the subscribe button on your preferred podcast or video player. You can sign up for my newsletter in the show notes below to receive my favorites and updates. Till next week, you guys find us on Instagram and tag us wherever you are listening at Elevate with Eliana. Sending you so much love and remember, you got this.